It's a bitch hunt. 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 Bitch on Studios. You thought we were gone. Because. But we're not gone. Yeah, it's just a week later. And now we're bringing yeah, you a new yeah. app. Yeah, as as always. It's our trademark <laughs> that we release an episode every week, and this week is no different. Yeah. I Consequently, I have heard that there's some like weird stuff going on with Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts that, that sometimes it, it takes like like months for our weekly episodes to upload. Um, I, I don't know. I, I've heard that from uh, one of our three listeners. So I, I don't know if anybody else out there in listener land is uh, experiencing that, but just know that it's not us. It's, it's you. Yeah. It's not us. I've also heard this thing that happens this year where a single week, it feels like about four <laughs> months, but it's, it's actually just only a week has gone by. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Will, but there is a fella who once said that time was relative. Yeah, I think his, was there a, I was, his name was Al, I think. Bob Einstein? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he said that time was relative, and again, that's probably what you're experiencing right now. Um, so, yeah. Welcome to our regular weekly episode of Pitch Hunt. Yeah. Do we have any uh, any housekeeping or anything? Uh, man, it's, uh, it's a, just a, it's just another week. Well, it's been a long no week, so I, you know. <laughs> I think we yeah, can dive know. right I, in. I think we should dive right in. Um, this week we're pitching uh, survival films, and this is the reason we're pitching survival films is because I have myself been on a binge trying to find some sci-fi survival films to watch. And turns out there are a good number of them. And there are a lot of them that are pretty good. Uh, yeah. Pluto it's Nash a, it's springs a well to mind. Respected. Give me a quick top 15, Luke. Well, yeah, I said Pluto Nash. Um, we got Sunshine, The Abyss, Gravity, just off the top of my head. Alien, Interstellar, The Thing, Pitch Black, Super 8, Annihilation, Tremors, Predator. Uh, yeah, that's just what's springing to mind right now. I see. It's amazing. It's amazing how close that was to the list of movies that you sent us over text. I guess that just shows. Yeah, I wasn't reading how them. much like a how much like a steel trap your mind yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, or or just that he's got a very consistent taste, you know. Right. Right. He he's he 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 strikes me as that kind of person who like makes up a mnemonic device with uh, the first letter of every movie in that list, and that's just how he remembers them. Yeah. So what's what's your mnemonic device, Luke? Um, all sexy <laughs> tigers give an interesting take prior to stinking. A turd poop. <laughs> and Flawless. Just, the amazing really, thing was, is, like now I now I know all of those movies. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's you can't forget them now, listeners. I'm sure oh, they're etched in your mind. 
Try remembering anything really but impressed. that. <laughs> I've I've forgotten everything else. So that's that's one down. Couple couple more to go. All right. Well, uh, I mean, do we want to we want to just dive right into this? Yeah, it Luke, sounds you've like you've got survival right on the top of your brain. Do you want to lead us off? Show us how it's done. Sure. So I don't think sci-fi is a prerequisite here, right? No, no. doesn't have to be. But mine is going to be so. just because oh yeah. sci-fi has yeah, been yeah, on yeah. the mind. Sure. Uh, my movie's called Earth Two, T O O. Um, yeah, Jacob. Now this, okay. So (laughs) there's this movie that came out when I think we were, I think you were maybe in high school that was called another earth. Yeah, this is, is this, is going to be anything like that? Never seen it, but we should probably add it to the list. Yeah, Um, sure. Those, those sexy tigers, they, uh, uh, they, they grew antlers. Well, how about you tell me, I'll, I'll pitch this and then you tell me if it's exactly like after earth. With, I haven't seen it with either. The Smith so family. I, all I know is that the wait was that is that the Will Smith movie? Yeah. Another Earth? Yeah. Oh wait, no, really? I'm thinking of After Earth. That's I guess we've got two movies say. to add to the add to the list. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I know about Another Earth is that the trailer was was pretty cool, and then there was this one scene where there there's like a person who is standing on Earth, and they looked up, and then there was another Earth. <laughs> Holy shit. It's yeah. an Earth, but right. it's another one. It's another one. Yeah. 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 Well, my movie starts out on a pretty dingy old looking spaceship. Um, we got this. It, yeah. I was just going to say, is it kind of past its its prime? Like it used to be able to do the Kessel Run and only like 27 parsecs or whatever. But, you know, now now it's just in lando's fucking second garage yeah you look at this ship and you know it's it's not like brand spanking new but you kind of don't have a concept of how long it's been out there yeah Um, yeah 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 we start with our main character um dev 84 played by dev patel and uh is he a robot luke he's not he's a person but his name is Dev84. Yeah. Is he a clone, okay. perchance? Well... Let's not spo- Let's just let Luke tell the story. You'll just have to wait and see, but also, yeah, yes. Yeah, we'll just have to wait. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> that was um, excruciating. Yeah, sorry, I made you wait as long as I did. <laughs> but Dev84, he's, he's checking on these uh, very secure-looking science pod things. And... They got a bunch of embryos and shit in there. And he like he calls up to the captain and he's like, hey, Bob, 86, <laughs> the, the embryos are still looking fine. And then Bob, 86 is like, all right, Dev, 80, I think it was 84. It was 84. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. shouldn't. Have, I shouldn't. Definitely. Have, yeah, I shouldn't have gone with the numbers. I'm going to. Good thing my mind's like a steel trap. <laughs> you're, yeah. <Right>. <laughs> you're better with mnemonics, but numbers will work fine too. <laughs> so uh, he's like, "But you better strap yourself in. Um, we're coming up on our uh, on our warp time." And Dev's like, "Roger that, Bob eighty six." And he goes 
to like this special chair and strapped himself in. And then uh, the ship warps. Uh, just goes through like a wormhole of some kind. And the deal here is that uh, we'll, we'll get this, some of this exposition somehow in a way that isn't too mm-hmm. ham-fisted, but mm-hmm. 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 they're on this kind of never-ending mission to keep humanity alive with these embryos after they find a place that's habitable. And they're on this vessel that just keeps warping into random points of the universe until they find that planet. Um, So they have two hours for each warp to, uh, to look around and see if their, their equipment can pick up a, a planet that can support their life. Um, And then they warp again. Well, so they're just literally, they are, they are rolling the dice here. They are playing a giant game of, uh, of gambling. You know, the game gambling. They're playing that yeah, yeah, with yeah. humanity. Yeah. It seems like they maybe don't have another choice, though. They what don't. I want to know is, what, what kind of uh, equipment are they using to look for these planets? Do we have, a, like, a big old pair of binoculars that are mounted on the ship? Do we have some kind of life force sensor? Do they yeah, have, like, a giant a... metal detector? It's mostly yeah. the binocs. Gotcha. Yeah. They, How they, big they are spent these most of their money on, like, the, the science pods for the embryos and the warp drive. Uh-huh. And then yeah, they only those had, are the like, big priorities. But they're pretty good binocs because they like had one budget for two pairs and they taped them together so they could see twice as far. Nice. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That's smart. <laughs> um, and they have like a sonar. Oh, sure. I love sonar, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's that combo. It's, it's, it's working out. Could be better, but it's working. I don't think it could be better, honestly. Um, so then they warp, and as they finish the warp, things get all, all shaky. Dev is like, whoa, I'm moving in his chair. For you listeners out there, you can't see me, but I'm, I'm shaking too. Um, and He's you can grooving. shake with me. He's shimmying. Uh, so they, they've hit something, and Dev runs up to the observation deck with Bob86, who is uh, played by Antonio Banderas. Nice. Um, and he uh, now can't see anything, because when they warped, his eyes were, like, transfixed to the binoculars. Mm. And with the extra oh turbulence, his eyes got gouged out. Oh so he's, he's kind of up there screaming, and he's like, Ah, oh, what did we hit, Dev? What did we hit, Mr. 84? And, uh... <laughs> And Dev puts his own eyes into the binocs, and he can see Uh-oh. that there's just like a ton he can of wreckage see through the through the blood and viscera and remains of of Bob's eyes. He can still see. Yeah. So what happened is their their ship has collided head on with another giant freaking ship. Oh, Yo. Yeah. I mean, what are the odds? Pretty slim. Tell you right now. Uh, it's like a, a less than one in five, I yeah. would say. Yeah. In the vastness of space. So, um, there, there's some stuff that they need to do. Like, the ship's integrity is a bit rocked. Um, and the lead mechanic, Julie79, <laughs> Ooh. played by, is her name Ana de Armas or Anna? 
Yes. Either yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, Either yeah, yeah. both. Yeah, yeah. Either one. Either both. They're both good. Yep. Take your pick. No matter no matter how you pronounce it, great casting choice. Yeah, but she's Julie seventy nine now. And yeah. uh she's like, ah shoot, I guess I gotta go out there and try to repair this ship. But um she and Dev are lovers. Word. Um and Dev is like, No way, Julie. I got this. And she's like, but Dev, you're the only one who can look after the science pods. That's your job. And he's like, if I don't come back, just clone me again. Why not? We can make Dev 85. (laughs) And she thinks, you know what? Good point. Uh, But I really don't want you to die. (laughs) The stakes of the survival movie have suddenly gone a little bit bit lower. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing is... She doesn't love Dev 85. She loves Dev 84. Um, So she's still very, very hesitant. But she has more captainship experience. That's like more up her alley. She's more of a leader. And now that Antonio Banderas has his eyeballs fallen on the floor and he's just kind of stumbling around screaming. uh, She's like, yeah, it would probably actually make sense if I stayed in. was de facto captain for a bit is is there any discussion at this or any other point about whether maybe it would be a good time to just whip out a new clone of antonio banderas now that he is badly damaged yeah but let's just let's just say that takes a while okay um okay like it will they can't do that in the two hours before they automatically warp again Gotcha. That sewed that plot hole right up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, and that that's another thing that she points out to Dev. Like, you gotta be back soon. Like, if we don't fix this ship before we have to warp again, then, you know, we're all gonna die. We're all just gonna get torn <laughs> apart through this warp. Um, God, that sucks. And at that point, no one's getting cloned, you know? Right. So, Dev puts on the old... Uh, like, uh, what do you call it? Gas mask and full body suit. Space, space I guess space, space, suit space suit is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> <sighs> it's okay. My, my mind's a still trap. Uh, he, he gets out there in the, the, the space suit, really. does a little space walk, um, starts fixing some things. Um, and then this other ship sends out a tractor beam and sucks him up into the ship. Oh shit! Sounds potentially very bad. That yeah, sound Julie seventy nine is washing this through the binox, and then she does a big like. Oh. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> the, the binoculars kind of telescope out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, Dev is the love of her life, and specifically Dev eighty four. Dev eighty four, yeah. Well, he's the love of Julie 79's life. Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, shoot. I gotta get out there and save him. Right. And also get back in time to fix the ship before we warp again. Or we're both going to be stranded on this alien ship. And everyone will die along with the fate of humanity. Do we have a little, like, countdown in one of the corners of the screen oh, or maybe yeah. across the entire screen that tells us how long till the next warp? Yes. That's a feature, yeah. and it's going to be in real time. Like, 
Yeah. I think gravity kind of was. I think you're, what you're thinking of is 24, Luke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I, I confuse those a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she, she tells the captain, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go get him. And the captain's like, no, you're not. You're going to fix the ship and get back in here. That's an order. Um, and she refuses. He's like, okay. He calls some other crew members to, to lock her up. Um, so she has to concoct an escape within just a few minutes because she doesn't have much time. Um, steal a suit. She steals some weaponry. And then she blasts herself out the airlock and <clears throat> uses a little like jetpack thingy to head into that other ship. Now, when she gets there, we get like a good amount of like creepy, uh, creepy stalking where she's like springing up on aliens and cutting their weird alien throats oh, and stuff wow. um, on her mission to find Dev. And did, did we already know that there are aliens on this? Yeah, ship? Yeah, that really popped out at me. I can't, can't it burst out my surprised. chest right there. Right. Yeah, uh, I guess I should have probably should should have led with that. But now you know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Now it's, you know. It's good to it's good to withhold. Well, your mind's that. such a steel trap that it kind of doesn't even bear mentioning to you. You know. <laughs> I know. To me, everything it's it's just in there. You know, it's it's a given. <laughs> right. Well, so what do these aliens look like? Uh, well, they got weird alien throats, as previously established. Yeah. Um, they got uh, probably one big eye. A piece. Sure. Not like collectively, sure, sure. but one each. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and maybe they also share one big eye, collectively. Oh, man. That'd be cool. That seems, like, so complicated. They each have yeah. one eye, but then they also have, like, a stalk that comes out. And just sort of like snakes around uh, to gr- to that's... like yeah, it's like an ocular nerve stalk that just connects to one giant eye, but that eye isn't the... connected to anything, so it's just kind of like sitting there in the middle of the shit, you know? Yeah, but it, it can looking move. at the ceiling. It's mobile, so sometimes oh. it's like slithering after her, and she's trying. Oh, to does hide it like it. does it kind of roll around like a like a a, a bean bat like a like a animated beanbag chair or something. There's kind of like sloshes exactly. around. Exactly. <laughs> we all know what that would look like. And yes. What I'm imagining is, yeah, I don't know how that's not a great design for an eyeball. <laughs> something that's beanbag shaped. Well, the aliens need something to sit on too. It's multifunctional. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I just that like the kinda... idea of it being a little flaccid, you know, like it, because it's able then to sort of like contour to anything, you know, it can go get over obstacles that way because it's not perfectly round. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it can kind of squirgel its way through things. I, I, I know what you're saying. I don't like what you're saying, well, but it's I know gross, what you're saying. Well, it's gross is the idea. Okay. That's, yeah. that's fair. That's, yeah, yeah. that's an idea. But uh, it turns out, um, after like a lot of spooky hiding and, popping out and killing and hiding again. Um, Julie 79 has finally located Dev and he's in this like memory bay type of thing where the aliens are extracting his memories. And we, we get to watch a lot of the sweet moments between Julie and Dev where their love kind of formed, you know? Um, 
but she also discovers that the aliens um, are doing this to other creatures, like other types of aliens that they've just kind of found around the universe. And she thinks that they're trying to basically do the same thing that her kind is doing, which is through memory, see if they can find a planet that's habitable for the eye people. Sure. Um, and she, she starts to, uh, to unhook her sweet dev. And then she begins to see some different memories, memories that she wasn't expecting. Um, that have been lying dormant within Dev's clone DNA from the other devs that came before him. Oh my god. And she starts to see that in the past of the other devs, she and Dev are always together. They're always drawn that's together. So, that's so sweet. Yeah, except um, in every one of those memories, Dev becomes abusive toward her. Oh, jeez. Oh, Way less sweet. Yeah. It's got dark all of a sudden. So now she's faced with the conundrum. You know, does she does she save this dev and uh try to try to rehabilitate him? Or go back to a world in which they'll make a new dev and then she can start over. Um but knowing full well that she's probably doomed to repeat this cycle no matter what. Where um She'll eventually die, become a new, a new Julie, and then a new Dev will oh. come along. They'll fall in love, and then he'll become oh, an abusive man. psychopath. So what do you? So what, would, what would you man. do? I I was thinking about that, and I came to the conclusion that I don't know because you know you see all this evidence of the way that it's gone in the past, but I think that if I were if I were Julie in that moment, I would say, but my dev is different. It wouldn't happen like that with my dev. Yeah. I know my dev. Yeah. But then she would also know that's probably what all the Julies thought. Maybe all the Julies had a similar experience and saw into the mind palace and found out that all these relationships had gone wrong. Yeah, and all I, of them thought my dev would never do this. Again, the odds of that are probably one in five. So pretty yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's tough odds, but I'd take them. You gotta roll the dice to extend the gambling metaphor. Yeah. Yeah, so I think she does that. She she takes Dev, um, tries to get back to the ship. Because she knows no matter what, there'll be another Dev anyway, right? She might as well try with this one. And mm-hmm. um, now the time is really, really ticking. So they have to kill some more aliens. Maybe they face the big eye. Um, they poke it, and then they're like, "This one's for uh, Bobby Antonio? Six. Uh, Bobby Six, yeah. <laughs> an eye for an eye. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> such a good one-liner, man. That's a great one-liner. I, I do have to ask, though. Um, do, do they have? So, have they figured out that the aliens crashed into them on purpose? A and are the aliens like fighting back or is Julie just slaughtering them? Yeah, I think um at a certain point she's killed enough like they discovered a body. There are some alarms going off. So oh, probably gosh. like there's chaos in the ship and she and Dev are running through and fighting and it's uh this is a real action packed sequence. 
that, sure. that all leads up to this eye for an eye one-liner. Okay. I, I, I think be it, it never becomes clear if they were though. crashed into on purpose or not. You'd think okay. yes, though, because these aliens are, are trying to collect info. And gotcha. it would, the odds of it happening are, you know, one in five is okay, but... One in five. But they yeah. would probably want to up those odds. I feel ya. I feel ya. So, time is dwindling. They, uh-huh. they poke this alien eyeball and then blast through the, uh, the airlock again. Start to head for their ship. Uh, there's still some mechanical work that needs to be done. They do that in a frenzy. They've now got 10 seconds to get back in the door. They're like, oh, Oh, shoot. Now it's nine seconds. They're getting closer to the door. Now it's eight seconds. They're still, they're kind of close, but not that close. Uh Uh-oh. Seven seconds. My heart is racing. Are they close enough? We'll find out. Six seconds. That type of deal. Then we get five. Then four. (laughs) Then after that, we got three. What's what's after that? (laughs) Two. And then they make it through the door. And oh. then they warp again. And uh, Dev gives Julie the big thank you, hug and kiss. And uh, uh-huh. she, uh, she backs away from it a little bit because now, now she's uncertain of this love and where it's going to lead. Um, and mm-hmm. she says, hey, Dev, I got something to show you. And she turns out she was able to quickly uh, download the memory file. She sits him down and shows it to him. And uh, what does she say? He kind of breaks down and starts crying. And like, that's horrible. Um, I'll do everything in my power to prevent ever treating you like that. And then the movie ends with them. uh, Doing the nasty. Yeah. And it should also be mentioned that Dev is already naked because the probe machine called for that. Oh, so sure, the, sure, for the whole action sequence, too, he was like full frontal. Nice. Uh, which is something that you don't get a lot in in movies is that male objectification. So, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we got yeah, yeah. to tip the scales toward toward balancing out there. Is yeah, there just absolutely. like a like he's running down a hall of the alien ship and it's just like full on. His peenie just kind of dangling back and forth, swinging, just yeah. swinging, yes, just and, and, and yeah, swinging low. And how yeah, do you think like, they they poke that eye? <laughs> <laughs> does he also, when he uh, leaves the spaceship and goes back to the other ship, does he only put a helmet on? <laughs> yeah, his whole body is now just a frostbitten mess. But <laughs> and when they go, when they, they make go into love warp, anyway. when they go into warp, d- do you see kind of like his? his balls and peenie just kind of like smush up against his belly button from the G's, you know? Yes, of course. Of course. Obviously. I don't know why I even asked that. Uh, but that's uh, it. That's that's the end of the film. That's Roll it. Credits. Yeah. Dude, that's wow. really good. That was an uh, extremely strong start to our survival. Uh, yeah, I ship I ship the hell out of that. I, I also ship it. I I ship it, and I'll have it crash into another alien ship. Which and and that also I will ship. I'll ship. I ship the whole dang thing. 
and it warps every two hours the ship that i do so i'm gonna be shipping it in in perpetuity every two hours Uh Uh around Uh the whole Uh known cosmos and beyond sure sure wants to go next <laughs> uh i'm not hearing will i can volunteer. do it i can do it if I'll you go. want I'll, i'm gonna go all I'm right gonna go. i mean i can do it if you want i i'm gonna go all right gonna i go. mean i can do it if you want I, i'm i'm gonna go okay all right go. Jacob, i can do it if you want though okay you should do it then okay so my pitch <laughs> is okay so anya taylor joy right she's uh-huh. just uh, a good friend our good friend Anya, she uh, Fr- friend of the podcast. Yeah, she's uh, she's, she's co-hosted. She's co-hosted before. Uh, yeah, friend of the pod. She is playing the main character in this pitch of mine. She uh, is going to be playing a young woman by the name of Sarah. Sarah. What number? Anyway, so s- <laughs> Is that Sarah Sarah? Her, First name Sarah, last name Sarah? No, her name is going to be Sarah, Sarah Primo. Sarah. Sarah Primo. <laughs> and okay. So she's she's going to be uh she she is hungry. She wants a snack. <laughs> so she uh right. dis, she, great, uh, great motivation to start off the movie. <laughs> the first shot it's just her is she just like, uh, I'm starving to death. I need a snack or I'll die. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it, it shows what she gets. Title snack, card of the movie, survival which I haven't, is, is secure. <laughs> yeah. She, it's the title card of the movie yeah. and then it's just black screen and then that black screen opens up and it turns out we're in the middle of, we're like the camera's inside of an empty cupboard. Yes. And she's looking in the cupboard. And yes. and a, a literal moth flies out. She's just yeah. like, "There's yes. nothing in here. I'm so hungry. I need a snack. Let me go out to the local grocery store to uh-huh. get this snack." So she, uh, she goes out. Um, she's she she gets her uh, burlap sack. Um, because uh-huh. she's very environmentally conscious. She yeah. doesn't want to use. And this is not the during the sack. pandemic. So she she actually um can. She, she can bring her own bag in this universe, right? Is this okay. before or after the pandemic? Um, this or is it just uh, never in a happened. separate timeline. This is in a separate timeline as the pandemic. Okay. Wow. Um, That's wild. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty wild. And so she's she's uh, she's walking along, and she she goes to her her local local grocery store. It's called the um, uh, the Super Six. <laughs> 
sure. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and like there's a lot of deals where like everything is like, you know, four ninety four or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's six cents off sure. of, of, you know, like that's the gimmick, you know, super six. Oh, my God. Um, I'd shop there. And she's yeah, uh, yeah, she's just shopping along. She 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 gets she's really hungry. Right. So she gets like five <sighs> different types of cereal. She springs for some some uh, pop tarts because she's just like, fuck, yeah, that'd is, be really good right now. Is some pop tarts. You know, is, I haven't had those she, since I was a little girl. Is she high? Um, yeah, you know what? She's going to be an edgy <laughs> alternative young woman. She She's just had herself a little toke out of her little vaporizer. Um, uh-huh. And and so she's just like having a ball. She, she maybe she uh, she's munching out. She's she's she she sees a couple. She just fills her cart with like four or five 12 packs of YooHoo because she's like, God, I gotta get some yeah. YooHoo for this, right? And and then um, she she does the Seth Rogen laugh. <laughs> yeah, which um, can, can you, you do that, Luke? I I can't very well. I feel like Jacob, you might have a shot. I uh no. But it will like, be funny uh, if if she has that laugh throughout the whole movie. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. He kind of has like a hey, hey, hey kind of oh, yeah. maybe, isn't it kind of it's a little bit like uh, yeah, but it's it's very there's a lot of glottal stop in there. And yeah. yeah, he's it's a little bit machine gunny almost. Maybe it's a little bit yeah. slower than yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So Anyway, she she finally this is kind of like a whimsical montage as she's like picking up all of these uh, things. And, and every now and again, you see like other people who are shopping um, who will later become characters. Um, maybe I there's would love, I would love to get to that point. There's a there's a character, uh, Neville Longbottom. I don't know the character, the, the actor's That's name. That's the character's the, name. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the actor who played Neville Longbottom. It's like okay. Matthew something. Yeah. I think. Neville's in there. Uh-huh. Um Where's this movie set? Uh it's, it's set it's set in the Americas. I I just I know I just picked two British actors, but <laughs> it's set somewhere in uh it's set somewhere in Southern California, and I'll tell you why it's set somewhere in, it's gonna that's gonna be relevant here in a second. Um, so anyway, she gets, she gets done with her shopping and she comes up to the store and, and, uh, a extremely, a, a, you know what I'm talking about? The fucking checkout line. That's what I'm looking <laughs> yeah. for. I don't, my mind is not yeah, a yeah. steel trap. Unlike Luke, <laughs> I forget words that's, for that's things fine. all the time. We um, can, we can let the listeners be the judge of that. Well, well, I just, so, I, I'd love to point out that in movie time, this sequence of events would take like. 30 seconds. <laughs> it, and yeah. you spent about eight, eight minutes <laughs> describing it. <laughs> Here's the thing is like, this is really crucial. These first 30 seconds are super okay, crucial. Okay. It's also, it's probably more like, they're also minutes. very engaging, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I'm no on question. the edge of my seat. So she, <laughs> she gets out to the checkout line and an extremely, extremely tired store manager is there. He looks extremely put upon and just mad. And it turns out that he's played by James Spader, who's one of my favorite character actors. Um, sure. And he's kind of just like, what a twist. Would you like a bag or would you like some 
uh, would you like paper or plastic? And and she's like, oh, I've got, I brought my own bag. And he's like, okay, give me that bag. I think that's a James Spader. Huh. He's got a little bit more of a posh. Okay. You know, I, we'll I, we'll I, workshop I it. Anyway. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> um, he's got, I've only really selected him because he's a terrific character actor and he's got a fabulous voice. But anyway, so. Then all of a sudden, the, the, the lights of, of this supermarket flicker, and suddenly this, 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 the floor begins to shake. Uh, and, um, and then suddenly the entire store just collapses into the ground. It just falls like 100 feet into the ground. No, that's not enough. Damn. It falls, that's, it falls like 500 yeah. feet into the ground. So everybody's right, dead. So yeah, there's no, no way that anybody or the store could survive that fall. Well, the thing is, they do because <laughs> how? Because everything goes black, and then Anya Taylor Joy comes to, and it's uh-huh. it's pitch dark. Um, but we can still see. Um, because you know how sometimes in movies it's pitch dark, but you can still see what's going on. It's like because shot like that. Because there's actually light. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Or did she buy some night vision goggles in the supermarket because yeah. she thought those would be super cool? Did she buy two oh. pairs and tape them together? You know, there's actually during <laughs> so that it's montage, extra light, twice as lit. <laughs> during that montage, she like puts some puts some night vision goggles into her into her cart, and she's like about ready to get them, and then she's like, nah, and she like puts them down. She like does that obnoxious thing where she puts it down in a different aisle because she just yeah yeah um, man I really hate this character <laughs> yeah I mean she's not she's like I mean she's like the classic like does whatever the fuck she wants and you kind of respect it but you also like would kind of in real life hate this kind of person you know sure 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 um, sure so yeah she comes to and she hears like some moaning coming from the other the other aisle and uh neville longbottom is like half underneath uh, a shelf um and it he he appears to be quite injured because a shelf has fallen on top of him and you know neville longbottom he's kind of like a brittle person you know also they fell well over 100 feet so yeah they also fell well over 100 feet. i think i think um, the, sure. the audience will understand you know if he's i would not get up. too hung up about the number of feet i'm a less of a numbers you, person than you also luke i i, I think <laughs> that what's important is that uh they're like clearly <laughs> deep underground now um okay. and maybe they didn't fall like they didn't fall yeah they fell 88, sideways eight, 88 eight, <laughs> eight, eight meters squared you know they didn't they didn't accelerate like they they like serpentine object. downward they kind of yeah they they it, it was like they were uh they were going to the caverns below during down a sort of a flume you know yeah 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 or yeah. or maybe kind of a plinko situation yeah maybe like a pl- oh yes it oh, was kind of like great. a plinko situation which it, it was yeah. quite jarring and that's what upended a lot of the shelves and that fell uh-huh. on our poor friend Neville here um uh-huh. But anyway, so so basically she she revives Neville. She's able to luckily like she's able to take some of the contents of her cart and use it as sort of like a makeshift bandage to to, you know, get get Neville staunch the bleeding of of Neville's poor leg that got got crushed. (laughs) 
And she's, say, she's using the cart for this? No, something within her cart. She's able oh, okay. to use like the outside able, of a you who container. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She takes that. She un, unwraps the you who, and she just like kind of stuffs that shit into the wound. Um, she maybe like she maybe like be... pours some of the you who over the wound to like uh, to disinfect like, it. Disinfect yeah. it. Yeah, beautiful. Because uh, we all know you who is a very. Uh, it's a, Co- it's a hel- caustic. Healthy. Okay, yeah, you're going a different <laughs> and, direction. And there's not like a first aid section in this store that she can get to. There's not. It's, it's also not like she has a handy dandy burlap sack that well, no, she no, can no. She actually, easily make into strips of. Bandage. She put. She she actually passed the the. She also put a bunch of first aid stuff during that montage, but then she was like, "Nah, never mind," and she put she put it down where with the night vision goggles. <laughs> she she it. decided to smoke it all. Instead of <laughs> yeah, putting well, it in actually, her cart, I I like the idea of her putting it putting it down in a place because then she's like, oh yeah, I I put it I put all of the first aid stuff in this different place, um and and we need to and go she find can't it remember now. where it is yeah yeah right because she can't so remember because her pot addled brain is n- not like a steel trap it's more like a like an oatmeal trap you know a trap yeah, yeah, made yeah, out yeah, of yeah. made out of hardened oatmeal steel cut but stale oats yeah the steel cut <laughs> trap right so she so then she, like there's <laughs> the 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 lights sort of flicker back on and there's that's and there, miraculous and how could they possibly still be connected to and the over power the <laughs> over the intercom the voice of james spader kind of flickers to life and he's like i i got the backup generator going this is just uh, how James Spader is going to sound for this movie. Yeah, that's fine. And so, um, and so, he he was like, he's like, everybody report to this aisle. To he doesn't say this aisle. He says aisle. Let's just go with eighty four. We're going to go to aisle eighty four. Damn, Dang. it's a big it's a big store. This is a <laughs> wow. Set a reference okay. to so Dev eighty four. Any yeah. yeah yeah i was yeah, hoping yeah. to make you boys laugh at that little <laughs> that little topical humor there but it was great it so was anyway great. they 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 convene um uh and they're they're trying to find supplies but it turns out that uh anya taylor joy just in her obnoxious shopping has like moved all the supplies <laughs> to different parts of the store and so james spader <laughs> is extremely angry about this and then it turns out that james spader is actually just like a fucking psychopath um, wow, and he he he's starting to kind of he he like kind of cracks and is like, I've never uh, experienced taking a man's life before, so I'm gonna try to do this while I've still got time left on this planet. And so then it then it becomes sort of a cat and mouse game between Anya Taylor Joy and Neville Longbottom and and James Spader, who's who's chasing them like a fucking psychopath. But he's only he doesn't actually have any weapons at his disposal, so he's like trying to kill them with supermarket products. Like he's trying I to love like. It. Uh, well, <laughs> so this is a supermarket that has night vision goggles in stock, but nothing else other than like food, basically, and like and food. And, and, and well, and and there's some uh, supplies, uh, some first aid supplies, but they've sure. all been moved around by Anya Taylor Joy because I she's see, an obnoxious shopper, right? I see. I see. Yeah. I love um, this, Will, and I like the thought exercise of like, what essential grocery item 
would you feel most threatened by? Yeah. If a stranger was trying oh. to kill you with it. Yeah. yeah. And and he's he he's also like, ooh, I've got a I've got an, a, a better idea. This this takes <laughs> this is gonna cause cause require some like backpedaling here, but like. <laughs> maybe maybe before they fa- find out that he's a psychopath they actually like encounter a bunch of like dying people and they assume that they're dying because they had like fallen a great deal down this plinko subterranean plinko board right yeah, yeah. but it, yeah, but yeah. it turns out that they've actually just been killed in like gruesome ways by James Spader um yeah, sure and, and one the of audience them, one of them has grapes forced down their throat till they choke yeah yeah yeah, one of them, yeah, one there's of gonna be a lot of has, force feeding, I think, in this yeah. for sure. Um one of them just doesn't have a head, but they just have a pineapple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their head their head's their replaced with the head of cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There could be a few of those. Head replaced with a head of cabbage, head replaced with a pineapple, head replaced with a pumpkin. Mm. Uh, had replaced with the watermelon. Yeah, and every single time Neville is kind of like, "Oh, you're not looking very good, mate. You're not looking." He's <laughs> he's British in this, um, uh-huh. but then like it, it, but then the head like falls off and he screams, and that happens like five <laughs> separate times. <laughs> Great. Uh, uh, so yeah, then they 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 have to kill. It turns out that before escaping, they actually have to kill James Spader, um, but. So they they like uh they do that they do that thing where they like they they cr- construct an elaborate trap for him and they end up like burying like he they 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 like twine a bunch of like um like uh twizzlers or something to create a trip line and then he falls over the trip line and gets buried under like this massive pile of um cans cans right? yeah i mean yeah. something that would hurt like hell and probably kill yeah. you Um, And then they, like, make their way up the shaft. There's a shaft. They're, like, trying to get, like, they jump up, they jump through the Plinko board, I guess. They have to, like, do this long sort of, it's kind of like the Dark Knight Rises where it's Uh like a gauntlet where they have to, like, you know, get get up this crazy Plinko board. Uh, But then, like, as they're right about to meet, like, right about to get to sunlight again, James Spader's hand comes up and grabs Neville's, uh... Neville's uh, ankle and then Neville like slips and then grabs Anya Taylor-Joy's ankle and they're all just sort of suspended on this Plinko board like what are they going to do um, and then the burlap, the burlap sack uh, the burlap bag um, which I guess Anya Taylor-Joy didn't use as a as a bandage because she's very precious about it she's had it a very long time but it's kind of old and <laughs> shitty like some of her supplies, like it, like finally rips, and like her, it like falls, and hits James Spader on the head, <laughs> and then he like falls to his de- demise, and then they get out of there. Wow! And wow! Then that's, there was a bunch of there were a bunch of breadcrumbs to that plot that I I should have sprinkled a little bit earlier in my telling of it, but um, like like what you can sprinkle them now. I don't know what you're talking well, about. <laughs> Well, you know, like the the whole burlap sack thing and oh, okay. the whole like head thing rolling off. Like, like that would have been better to w- do earlier, but sure. So you do know, she I'm a little and- rusty. this has been a long week, so I'm a little rusty right. on this. Do, do Anya yeah. and Neville get together after this? No, I think Anya kind of fucking hates Neville. Um, oh, sure, sure, sure. 
Yeah, and, and 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 Anya's kind of like, do you do you got any? Do you know anyone who can get me some Molly or something? I really need to like trip some balls after this. And he's like, I don't do drugs. And then she's just like, oh, fuck you, man. And she walks off into the distance. And then that's the rest of the movie. That's a the great ending. I was going to end the movie. I was going to propose a slightly different ending, but oh, sure, sure. No, no, no. Yours is probably better. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say they do get together. They live happily ever after. We get like a montage of them growing old together. And then uh, one day she goes in for a kiss and Neville's head falls to the floor and it's a cabbage. And oh, no. he, he was killed by James Spader all those years ago and she never noticed. Oh my <laughs> God. That's, That's brilliant. That's pretty good too. The, no, the well, only question that I have about this, Will, is that is there ever any uh, closure about like what what? What caused the supermarket to fall into this chasm in the ground? A, is anybody you know, I mean, curious about that? This is that? why I said it that it was, those... it was relevant that it was in Southern California. It's just a sinkhole, you know? Oh, okay. It's just one of those things yeah, that happens. It's one of those sinkholes that happen in Southern California. Yeah. You know, it's on a continental rift. It just, you know, there's some crazy things that happen down there. Do we think James okay. Spader's dead? Or is that like a sequel <laughs> opportunity? Because uh, it, we know that yeah, that fall doesn't where, kill people automatically. I, the falls do not kill people automatically, so I think that we don't know. We don't know, but we we leave it open for a sequel, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You just you sure. tickle the brain. You don't fully. Yeah. Ooh. Guess what? So so maybe the last scene is like some rescue workers like going down into the the cave. You know. Yeah. 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 And um. Yeah, it's it, there, we don't we don't see anything explicit, but there's like this heavy, heavy under like subtext that like maybe they'll get killed by James Spader, who's still down there yeah. and alive. Yeah, I, I love that as either like the very end or as like a mid to after credit scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. One of the guys is like looking around, and then all of a sudden he gets a strange look in his eyes, and life drains for them, and he falls forward, and there's a carrot just sticking out of the back of his neck yeah 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 well i ship it movie guys i definitely ship it yeah scan it in uh ship it out for a six cent discount most definitely i'm hungry now please recommend your friends to listen to our podcast we'd really love it it would mean a lot if they give us a shot it don't take a lot of thought to listen to our podcast we're just talking and sometimes there's songs all right yeah jacob let's let's I, hear this i'm gonna i'm gonna do my pitch i don't have a ton of time to do this so i'm gonna i'm gonna cut cut trim the fat a little bit you got 24 um, so minutes buddy are you gonna I, describe the first thirty seconds a little bit a little bit faster than I did? I'm gonna mine? spend the entire the entire time <laughs> explaining the first thirty seconds because the rest of it is self explanatory. After right, that, yeah, okay. you can just yeah. Um, so my movie <clears throat> opens on uh, our main character uh, who's going to be played by Bjork. Um, <laughs> she yes. is. She is on site on an archaeological dig, um, and we come to learn that she is a professor of uh, of 
uh, anthropology, paleontology, uh, evolutionary biology. She's got a lot of hats on. She's just basically Oof. a master of powerhouse. master of bones. Yeah. yeah, she's a powerhouse. As Bjork, you know, Bjork is a triple threat. This character uh, yeah. is going to be at least a triple threat. Uh, but we come to realize that. Bjork, though very talented, is a bit of a bad girl in the archaeology community because, uh, w- as I said, this opens on this this archaeological dig, and we find out that there are a bunch of students there with her, and what Bjork is attempting to do, she has located this uh, skeleton that she claims is the missing link, um, famous missing link between in the evolutionary chain of of monkey to human. Uh, it, you know, in in rudimentary terms, in the evolutionary scale, um, but this is very controversial, um, and we also learn that some of the methods that Bjork uses are equally controversial and have made her uh, a bit of an. She, she's she basically she's on thin ice, so we're, we're going to say she's a she's a professor at Harvard, and so she has a bunch of Harvard students with her. She's at this dig, um, and she. Uh, is so excited that she's like digging away and digging away and digging away. She's using all sorts of weird methods. Like she's got a pickaxe and she's got like a, a little one of those handheld vacuum cleaners. And she's just like going ham on this archaeological site. And she's like, this is this is my moment. I'm going to show you all. All you fools said that I uh, was stupid to have claimed to know where the missing link is. But I'm going to show you all. And she dig- she's digging and she's digging and she's not finding anything. And the president of Harvard, uh, this, this like, you know, this is a montage and we see that it goes from night into day. And uh, it's now, or it goes from day into night, rather. And it's now nighttime and she's dug a hole that's like 20 feet deep and we still see her furiously digging away at the bottom of the hole. And the president of Harvard comes down and he's like Bjork. Her character is also going to be called Bjork. It's like Bjork. You need to know sure. when when to pack it in, and Bjork is in a frenzy, and she turns around, and she takes the pickaxe in her hand, and she says, "Mr. President, this is my life's work. How dare you come down here and tell me that I have to stop?" And she swings the pickaxe, and she plunges it into the brain of the president of Harvard, oh, and he's wow. he is. His head is exploded, and he is dead. What's she going to do with his skeleton? <clears throat> um, she doesn't do much of anything with his skeleton. What she does is she gets the heck and gone out of there because she realizes that there were just, like, a bunch of witnesses that saw her murder a man in cold blood, so she, like, needs to get going. Mm-hmm. So she climbs out of the hole real quick. Everybody is still kind of stunned and just, like, frozen in place and are like, did this Bjork really just do this? Did she just pickaxe that man's head and kill him? Um, and she, she did just to be clear. She did do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but then she jumps in her car and she zooms away and we see the group behind her finally spring into action and they start chasing her. And so what ensues at this point is a car chase. Um, Bjork is like zooming around uh, in the, I guess they had gone to the desert for this, for this, I don't know where in the desert, somewhere in the desert, in the Sahara desert, let's say for this archeological dig. And she 
had flown all these students out and all these people out on the university's dime because she was so sure that she had made this amazing discovery. So she has like hundreds of angry people, uh, police get involved. Everybody's chasing her. Um, amazing car chase through the desert, Mad Max style. Uh, and then she makes it eventually to Cairo, um, which is a long way from the Sahara Desert, probably, but it, we're just going to say that it's Cairo that she makes it to. Okay. Uh, and through the streets and alleyways of Cairo, she manages to shake <coughs> the pursuers and finally makes it to what appears to be an abandoned warehouse. And she stashes her car there, jumps out, runs into the building to try to find a place to hide uh, and figure out what she's going to do. So she runs into this warehouse and it's full of like machines and like a bunch of stuff that she doesn't really recognize. Hmm. And she's like, now what have I stumbled upon here? Um, whatever it is, this is a good place for me to formulate my plan to escape and, you know, not get arrested for killing the president of Harvard. Mm-hmm. So she sits down in an overstuffed comfy chair and she has herself a good think and we see her eyelids start to get heavy as she had been driving in this car chase for like 16 hours. So she's real, real tired and she falls asleep. Um, the next morning she wakes up to the sound of police cars surrounding her. This is bad news for Bjork. They have they have found her. They've caught up to her. So she panics. And just as the police use a big old battering ram to smash through one of the doors of this warehouse, she slips into what appears to be uh, like a, a, a Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe style wardrobe. Oh, my goodness. oh boy. Okay. And so as she slips in there and pulls the door shut, the latch clicks and the the inside lights up. Right? A bu- we hear a bunch of whirring sounds. We see the inside of this thing illuminated. It is full of tubes. There's oh, liquids running tubes. through this tube. There are gyroscopes that are gyroscoping. Uh, and right in front of her is a big old clock. And before her very eyes, she sees as the hands of the clock begin to spin backwards. Ah! And she's like, holy heck, I think I am in a time machine. She's like, holy heck, I think this clock's broken. (laughs) I think this (laughs) clock needs a tune-up. So she gives the clock a couple whacks. She's like, come on now. This is crazy. Um, And the noises, the whirring, all the noises are getting louder. The wardrobe is shaking. Um, And she gives the clock one more, one more good whack. And she, everything stops. The whirring slowly like winds down and it's, it's still and it's silent. And Bjork is, uh, is like, well, that was uh, frightening and interesting. She opens the door of the wardrobe, and she is in a jungle. Whoa. 
right? Mm-hmm. So she steps out into the jungle and she's like, this is very odd because recently I went into this wardrobe and when that happened, there was like, you know, a city outside. And she's like, what manner of strangeness is this? Uh, she takes a look around, sees no signs of Cairo. What she does see are a band of upright walking hominids. What? What? We're we're talking we're talking hairy monkeys, chimps basically, but they're standing upright. What? And she is like, is this a fever dream? Have I have I gone crazy with the guilt of killing that man? Am is I it? really seeing Has what she? I'm really seeing? Is it what? Is it a fever dream? Has she gone crazy? <laughs> so she, there's a puddle nearby that has some water in it, and she's like, <laughs> "I've got to, I got to, I got to splash some water on my face because I, I know fever dreams, and there's nothing to get you out of a fever dream quite like splashing some cold water on your face." She splashes some cold water on her face. Guess what? It wasn't what? a fever dream. Oh my god. This business is actually going down right in front of her. This is this is real life. So, um, in the interest of time, she acclimates herself. She she learns to survive in this in this uh, in this jungle that she has found herself in. She builds herself a little hut. Uh, she learns to look for. She kind of watches the. The, the the walking chimps from a distance and sees you know what trees they go to to get f- get fruits and nuts uh they do some hunting and she's like watching from a distance she's like spying on them because the one thing that she had on her person when she went into uh that wardrobe time machine was her trusty double binoculars sure her archaeologist yes, do. double binoculars that she keeps with her at all times um, so she's spying on, <laughs> spying on them with with these from a distance, and she's she's learning all these skills like how to how to find the best fruits and nuts, and how to fish uh, without without fishing poles using using like sticks as spears and stuff. And she, um, you know, she's going through a, a whole mess of existential business. What with you know going back untold tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years, everyone she ever knew uh, not existing anymore, the guilt of having killed the president of Harvard, all of these uh, are mishmashing around in her brain. And she's, she's a bit of an emotional wreck, but she's really learning, she's, she's learning to, to fend for herself um, up to a point. Um, and at, at that point, she realizes that what is causing all of this uh, existential uh, badness is in part uh, the fact that she, she has no connections with anybody. And she doesn't really, uh, <laughs> she doesn't have any friends. Uh, she, Sounds like she, she could make some friends. Though. Is she, feels is she very, feeling sexually unfulfilled? She's the, the the strongest emotion that she feels is deep sexual un, <laughs> unfulfillment. 
<laughs> and as she's been spying on these on these monkey men, uh, there's this one in particular that she she finds herself watching more than others, and he's very skilled, and he's very handsome in a monkey way. Which which actor plays this fella? Uh, this well, obviously Andy Circus. <laughs> Um, Andy Circus plays that guy. Uh, the other monkey men are played by one of them is played by Jean Claude Van Damme, who is not her type, um, and is also married uh, to to Mila Kunis, who plays <laughs> his monkey wife. Um, but this uh, this Andy Circus monkey is like he's looking real fine, and she finds herself lusting over him. Um, and so eventually she works up the nerve to meet up with this this group of of monkey monkey men. And at first they fling their feces at her and like aren't all that aren't all that thrilled about about her being around. But uh, eventually they warm up to her and she becomes a part of their tribe. Um, and then we fast forward to two years later. Two years later, Bjork is a, a, a full-fledged member of this this group. Um, she travels with them. We see her teaching them a little bit about how to build shelters. They teach her more about hunting and fishing and finding good nuts and berries. And we see that the relationship with Andy Circus is flourishing. Mm. Um, and we just are kind of... Uh, we're... We, 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 this sinks in for a little while, you know, we, we take a look at their life for a while, but only from about the shoulders up. And then in the final, uh, shot of the film, the camera zooms out and wouldn't, you know, know it. Bjork has got a Bjork bun in the Bjork oven. (laughs) (laughs) And we realize as an audience that she did find the missing link. It was her all along. Oh my god! Beautiful, Jacob. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) It was totally worth it. She found the. She became the evidence she was lacking all along. It's a. It's a real message for our time. If you don't have the evidence, you just you just go back in time and make it. And fall back, fall ass backwards into it. Yeah, or you just you just claim that the evidence exists. And then, so that's the message that we're getting right now as a country. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If you if you shout loud enough, eventually you'll be right. <laughs> One way or the other. Amen. Well, that's I personally the American way. uh ship the the fuck out of that, man. I mean, it's got Bjork, it's got uh-huh. Andy Circus, mm-hmm. it's got time it's got travel. Mila mm-hmm. Kunis. Mm-hmm. It's basically a survival movie. There was going to be a bigger survival element to it, but in the interest of time, a lot of the beginning of her being sent back in time was was canned. Mm-hmm. But she also had to survive by getting away from the people who were trying to seek revenge yeah. for her so murder. She had to survive splashing herself in True. the face with a puddle. Does True. she ever go forward in time again? Nah, nah. Okay. There's no forward time machine. She actually she tinkered with the time machine a little bit. I suppose that it would make some sense that she would try to tinker with, like maybe go back to that time machine. But she finds that it can only go backwards. Yeah. 
Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, we're all on a forward time machine. It's called life. It's called it's called life. Uh, but yeah, but it, it, two years two years on, we realized that she's happier in this life than she ever had been anyway. Yeah. So she didn't really want to go she's back. She's making good two, music. Two years on, she's back to present day Kyra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought it was going to be, is that this whole thing was actually just an elaborate sting operation. Like she didn't actually go back in time. She, they just like hired people to look like Cro-Magnons. Cro- uh-huh. To, and and then after two years, the police just come rushing in, like you're under like, arrest. Have you learned your lesson? <laughs> okay, you can go now. You can go now. Sentence served. Nobody liked the no. president of Harvard anyway. <laughs> he was a real dick. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think that's that. Yeah. Catch pitch, us on pinch social media. Nation. Yeah. Where do you find pitch us? Pitch underscore hunt. Our website is www.pitchhunt.org. Updated weekly. And um, uh, email yeah. us. Where can they email us, fellas? Well, well you can, you can, go ahead, Will. You can email yours truly, Will, at will at pitchhunt.org. <laughs> Uh, you could email this guy at, at jacob at pitchhunt.org that's j-a-k-o-b at pitchhunt.org and luke at pitchhunt.org or Heck, if you want to send yeah. it to all of us info at pitchhunt.org it's yeah, your one stop yeah, shop yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. alright pitch hunt nation we'll see you in exactly one week yeah we'll see yeah, you in exactly see you in one week, week. stay, stay pitchy, pitchy. We love you. We love you. We love you. Bye.